Shut up and sit down. Not even slightly casually obsessed with him. Oh, you have started recording. I know. I sound like an insane person. <laughs> Do you want to explain what we're talking about? Hassan Piker and the fact that I am literally 100% down at any given point for the rest but, of my life and his, despite anything that happens to him, literally he could be like smashed by a truck and look like a <laughs> fucking human pancake. I would still be down. My, well, I have this theory that Politics like, daddy. Yeah, he's hot. But, like, I have this theory that everybody, like, everyone who experiences sexual attraction has, like, one ultimate, like, would always, no matter how old they are or how, like, ragged they look. Hassan Parker. How poor they are. They would, would, a wood bang. A wood fuck. Yeah. Always wood fuck. Hassan Piker. Like, Good to know. Guaranteed he's not listening like, to us because, like, why the we're fuck We're tiny. Yeah, obviously not. But he's also 6'4". Holy Christ. That is straight up over a foot taller than me. Love that. He got those shoulders, too. He does. But I just expected yours to be, like, a, a very old person. So that, I mean, I, I wish this was a visual podcast. That way they could see my face and the just, the just of it all. I, I don't even know how to describe that face. Just Yeah, well, it's true. You've just been, like, red, but very accurately. Yeah, you know what? That's a fair assumption of me. Yeah. Yeah, no, not even an assumption. I just, like, know you very well. <laughs> well, on that note. But anyway, I share with us who are your would absolutely always bones. Bone. Bang. Whatever. Better not be hospital. Everybody wants to sleep with him. Like, okay, every- well, dibs. Like, literally dibs. I think he has a girlfriend. Well, that's really too fucking bad for her now, isn't it? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I sound like an insane person. I'm going to apologize. It's been a long week. It's It's been a very long week. He posted an absolute thirst trap on Instagram today. I cannot be helped with his dog, which, like, quite frankly, if you're a beautiful man with... he meets all of my requirements. Oh, my God. We've been talking about this for way too long. I don't care. The people don't care. We all love Hassan. We do. He's tall as fuck. Them shoulders broad as fuck. Um, I love a good beard. I love dark hair. <laughs> he's got a little bit of chest hair, which I really like. Ooh, I'm just... And then he's got the cutest dog ever, and his dog's name is Fish. That is so funny. <laughs> that is literally just so funny to I'm going to have to edit some of this down, especially. No. That's supremely stupid. But also... Welcome back to The Last Dead, a podcast (laughs) where two friends chat about uh, true crime, missing white woman syndrome, uh, lesser known cases. And Hassan Piker. And apparently that. Uh, I'm Amber Frangi. I'm Jessica Jones, which Hassan Piker thirst wench. My apologies. (laughs) See, my answer is like so much less conventionally attractive and that just makes me sound like a nutcase. Who's yours? Gerard Way. Anytime. Any age. Any size. I don't care. Any era. Any hair color. Always. You know what? That's very fair, considering our um, past emo-ness. <laughs> yeah, my current emo-ness. Are you kidding me? I literally can't even blame you. <laughs> it's a very, like, 2019 is a rough fucking year. It's appropriate to be a little emo. Or a lot. I mean, there are some people who are still, like, 2006 the- emo, and that's unacceptable. Yeah, the hair choices are unacceptable. The but hair choices, and heart. then... Men, and then, like, men and women with really heavy, just bottom eyeliner. It's a lot. That's it's, a bad um, look. 
it's it's unacceptable and it's hateful <laughs> that I have to see it. You, I feel like it's specifically unacceptable to you because you have hooded eyes and would look like you don't have eyes if you did that. I would look psychotic. You would look the, the throwing around of diagnostic terms, my dude. But you would, that's fair. You would just look it's like just a how zombie. I feel. Oh my god, I would, especially with the bags like under my idea. eyes right now. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're not. This is not a thirst podcast, but I just. Yet. Anyway, this week we are talking about uh, Jasmine Moody. This is a missing persons case. So if you are, what's wrong? You're right there. Jessica's having a stroke. What's happening? (laughs) What are you doing? Did we previously attempt to record this? Here's the thing. Like we said during our last episode, which I'm very sorry was like six weeks ago because I can't get my shit together. I'm fairly certain it was longer than that. No, it was like almost exactly six weeks. Maybe seven. I'm proud of us. That's almost like a... (laughs) That's consistent no, schedule. No, that's so For not. For us, that is almost that's a consistent schedule. Maybe. But <laughs> uh, as we said during our last episode, we had some like weird technical issues. Audacity kind of crapped out on us, so we're using a different system. And Jasmine Moody, like our last month and a half's case, was uh, something we recorded and then lost access to. I was wondering, because the second you said the name of yeah. this episode, it was like, that sounds very familiar, but I don't know why. Yeah, that's why. That also, you why. should pull up the notes. Oh, I should. Did you delete the Google Docs app from your phone again? No. Okay, I'm very proud. Last time you have. <laughs> I'm being bullied. No. We're going to... We're going to get moving. So okay. for, we're going to dive into some background on the case. So in 2014, which is where this case starts, uh, Jasmine Moody had her whole life ahead of her. She was a nursing student at Texas Women's University, and she was known for her ambitious nature and pretty hardcore commitment to her goals. Uh, in interviews over the years, her parents remember her as being really smart and driven and mentioned that she knew exactly what she wanted to do with her life uh, by the time she was in high school, which is pretty fucking impressive because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life Ever. I still don't. I have no fucking clue. Um, But according to her stepfather, Patrick Kidd, uh, Jasmine was just like a very bubbly person, a pleasure to be around in general. She lit up every room she walked into, and in his words, every moment with her was good, which is super sweet. I feel like especially from a step-parent, because sometimes, you know, those relationships can be like a little contentious. But good for you. I genuinely could not find it for like a solid minute. Sorry. It's okay. It should have been, like, the most recent one in there, but whatever. It was not. Oh, my God. Anyway, Jasmine's mother, Lisa Kidd, uh, backs up her husband's assertion, saying she always had a smile on her face. Always. Uh, And I know that's sad, and I'm sorry. But beyond being ambitious and kind, Jasmine was also just naturally smart and well-rounded. She had straight A's in her college courses, which, let me tell you, is no easy feat, especially if you're doing, like, science-y shit like she was. God, I could barely pass, like high school science yeah no I suck at any and all of that stuff I like any like stem field fully mm. I had to repeat the the easiest easiest math class at UNF like three times it was rough I had to repeat eighth grade algebra (laughs) because I got literally a zero same I didn't get a zero but I had to repeat it I got a zero that's rough Anyway, uh, straight A's in all of her courses Uh, she danced I'm not really sure if this was on like a formal team or just like a sort of intramural recreational thing uh and was training to join the army through her school's rotc program so she's doing like very busy every anything (laughs) and everything everything. yeah and somehow managing to have like perfect grades yeah which again pretty damn impressive like how rude (laughs) makes me look like a lazy piece of shit but (laughs) same yeah 
So when she wasn't working towards her dreams and just, you know, being extremely busy, uh, Jasmine was also making new friends, both IRL and through social media. I meant to say in real life there, but I'm lazy, so I wrote it IRL. <laughs> That's what came out. <laughs> I'm to keep my mouth shut. Sorry. Uh, but during this time, like, when she was just kind of socializing, meeting people, kind of as an adult for the first time, like when you're in college, that's always a transition from being forced to socialize with the same people for eight hours a day to like actually getting to kind of pick your friends. Yeah, like literally getting the chance to say, oh, I enjoy you. And we barnacled ourselves to each other still. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're not just like the best of a bad situation. I'm like actually choosing to spend time with you. So she was, again, socializing. And during this time she met a woman named Brittany Gurley I don't know if that's like fully how you pronounce her name but it's what we're going with Uh, but she met her on Twitter and they hit it off really quickly so there are some conflicting reports about the nature of Jasmine and Brittany's relationship Uh, in a Dateline piece on the case her mother says it was purely platonic but the police and like every other media source refer to Brittany as her girlfriend Uh, I think the truth is probably, like, somewhere in between. Maybe the two were romantic, but not really, like, officially an item. Or Jasmine maybe wasn't fully out to her friends and family, which is pretty fucking common, especially when you're young. And then it's also super, like, common for media to downplay any, like, not, like, straight relationship into just being friends. Yeah. They're just, like, buddies. And I think, yeah, like, the gal pals thing. But I think it's also... Often, like, parents don't necessarily know, like, the full extent of their kids, especially, like, online relationships, just because it's, like, you know, weird generational shit. Your kids are adults at that point. Like, it's not like you can pry. So, again, we don't know the full extent, but either way, they were pretty close. So, from 2012 to 2014, the two communicated regularly and grew even closer, uh, despite Brittany living relatively far away in Detroit. Uh, So after two years of talking and forging a very tight-knit relationship, they were planning to spend the upcoming holidays together with Jasmine arriving in Detroit in, like, late November of 2014. So here's another, like, just side note, just something I noticed. Uh, The fact that Jasmine was spending what is, like, traditionally a family holiday with Brittany kind of makes me think they were, you know, girlfriends and not just gal pals. Uh, Yeah, because it's, like, kind of weird that's a big deal you know well it's also like just kind of weird to like i'm gonna go spend christmas with my yeah, friend who lives all the way over but yeah oh well i think it was around thanksgiving well i'm gonna go spend this like family holiday yeah. with this like random friend that i met on twitter yeah that's sus now if they were in a relationship that would make a lot more sense it would be oh i'm gonna go get to meet this person in real life for the first time yeah and i mean like not that people don't sometimes spend the holidays with their friends But flying out of state to be with somebody when, like, you're pretty close with your family is... And you hadn't met them IRL yet. Yeah. Stop it. That was specifically (laughs) just a dig at you. No. Okay. But, it like, that seems like a pretty significant thing to do. And, like, an unusual thing, unless there was, like, some sort of intimacy, some sort of romantic shit going on. So, uh... Jasmine arrived in Detroit on November 25th, specifically, and sadly, the rest of her story is still a mystery. So, we'll be getting into the details of her disappearance here. Uh, Like we said, she made it to Michigan on the 25th without incident, but the day before she was due to fly back to Texas, she and Brittany got into a heated argument (laughs) 
there are conflicting stories regarding what happened next, but, you know, because Jasmine is still missing, it's hard to verify which account's actually true. So allegedly, the two were fighting over a Facebook interaction Jasmine had with, I'm guessing, another woman. I guess it could have been a man, too, because, like, again, I don't know the details of her sexuality, but she had some sort of Facebook interaction with someone untoward, I don't know, uh... And Brittany claimed she was so upset by the fight that she, like, stormed out of her own house to have a cigarette and just, like, decompress. Which, once again, is a weird interaction <laughs> to have with someone yeah. if you're not in a romantic relationship yeah. with them. Or at least, like, some... I Like, I think they must have been girlfriends, or at least talking about it. Maybe Brittany, like, was more interested in or committed to Jasmine than, like, vice versa, because I could see that being a thing. But there was definitely, like... There's something going something on. Something going on. Like, this is not just, like, two buddies. Because, like, let's say you and I met on Twitter. Yeah. And I fly out to spend the weekend with you, which, number one, <laughs> that's so sus to me if you're just yeah. friends with somebody. What kind of interaction am I going to have with someone on Facebook that's going to make you so mad that you've got to go, like, have a cigarette to chill yeah. out? I mean, unless you're, like, being racist or, like, just making fun of me. Like, nothing, you know? Literally. Yeah, and I can't. I'll just make fun of you to your face. I mean, that is our dynamic. But, yeah, it's just, like, a weird, weird thing going on here. Uh, so Patrick and Lisa say their daughter followed Brittany onto the porch as she was planning to leave pretty shortly thereafter. Again, keep in mind, this is, like, right at the end of her trip. Uh, but according to them, Brittany took Jasmine's belongings out of her hands and tried to, like, dissuade her from leaving at all. And in a... But... Bleh. In a 2015 interview with CBS, Brittany said that Jasmine just left on her own, like, of her own accord without saying anything. With or without her stuff? I don't know. See, she doesn't clarify, which is, like, really fucking fishy. Yeah, because, like, if you're saying that she left without her stuff, that leads me to believe that she would be coming back. But if yeah. she left with her stuff, that's a whole other, like, connotation. Yeah. So leaving that, I, I'm assuming, purposefully vague... Yeah, so is... I think Brittany left it vague, but her parents kind of fill in some of the gaps. They say okay. that, like, Jasmine wouldn't have taken off without all of her things. Like, she... Yeah, because that's, like, you your know, stuff. Who the fuck would do that? <laughs> that's literally your shit. I cried in an airport because they, like, oh sent my, my baggage ahead of me. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, obviously we were both, I think, kind of inclined to agree with Jasmine's parents because... Apparently, Jasmine had only been to Detroit two times, like, in her life, so it's unlikely that she would have really had anywhere to go other than Britney's house, or, like, just in general. You're, she's, like, 19 at this point. You don't necessarily... I mean, like, I guess some 19-year-olds are more well-traveled than I was at that point, but, like, I still wouldn't love to navigate an unfamiliar city alone. With none of your belongings. Yeah, but, like, certainly not leave a friend's house with nothing, no clothes, no whatever... Like, people don't do shit like that. Like, and, like, she's, again, 19. Like, it's not like she can afford to replace every single thing. Yeah, like, and a lot of places to, like, rent things, you need to be 21 or Or older. 25, yeah. yeah. So, like, where the fuck was she going, you know? Hi, Marlon. Sorry, cat interruption. But. We have cat interruption. <laughs> as you would expect, uh, Jasmine's family was devastated by her disappearance in the same CBS piece. Uh, Patrick is quoted as saying, it's been a year and I haven't heard her voice. I don't know whether she's alive. I don't know if she's dead. Uh, and he tearfully pleaded for anyone who knew anything to speak up, which is fucking sad as hell. That's very upsetting. Yeah, it's awful. And like, it's all, 
God, it's almost been like six years at this point. Like just during five years, but still. So despite her family's pleas and the fact that the case is, as we said, now about five years old, no leads have surfaced. And from the looks of it, law enforcement isn't really trying to find any. Uh, It's heartbreaking and frustrating, not just because a family lost their daughter, but also because Jasmine's case is eerily similar to one uh, that happened fairly recently that got an awful lot of media attention. Oh boy, howdy did it. Yeah. So we talk about missing white woman syndrome a lot to the point that it's even in our damn intro. (laughs) But (laughs) figured might probably might want to bring that up. Yeah, sometime. But uh, Jasmine's story is one of those cases that like really symbolizes the human toll of this phenomenon. Uh, There are a lot of cases that sound like Jasmine's in general, scenarios where, like, a bright, beautiful college co-ed vanishes without a trace. But her case is particularly similar to that of Molly Tibbetts, a young white woman at the University of Iowa who went missing while jogging last July. And then in the interim since that point, there have been, oh, I don't know, 800 (laughs) podcast episodes specifically about that. And yet I can... I can pretty much guarantee I do not think I've seen one on Jasmine Moody. No, I mean, like, I think there's probably been a couple of shows like ours that have talked about her, but not a lot. Like, not a lot None of the mainstream. Yeah, none of the the big hitters or whatever the fuck. Like, none of that. But, uh, so Molly's case received an outpouring of national attention, both from media outlets and just, like, random citizens who identified with her, probably because an awful lot of people who consume crime media are, like, young white women in college, but I digress. Uh, When her body was found just a month after her disappearance, it seemed like the whole world, or at least, again, the entirety of, like, white people who like true crime, was mourning her. And the fact that her alleged killer was an undocumented immigrant only seemed to ratchet up the racially charged nature of the case, much to the dismay of the Tibbetts family, because they, like, very much hated that and, like, released statements talking about how fucked up that was. But, and, like, to be clear, I think it's a good thing that law enforcement found her killer quickly or I actually don't know if he's even gone to trial so alleged killer I think it's good that they were able to give the family some closure because every family deserves that but like I want Jasmine's family and other black and brown families to have that as well and it's frustrating as all hell that that's just like not a thing yeah the fact that like there's been almost nothing done on her case five years too and like this is a it's a situation too that I think like kind of represents to sort of Like, it's very intersectional to me, and that I think, you know, when young adults go missing, it is, I think, a little complicated because it's like, you're 19, you're young, and, like, still figuring out the world, but you're also legally a grown-up. So, So if you want to, like, you want to fucking vamoose, you can. Yeah, like, if you want to just fuck off and never talk to anybody again, that's your right, and, you know, your parents can't force you to stay somewhere, the law, law enforcement can't force you to stay somewhere, but there's also, like... This aspect of where when, like, young, pretty white girls go missing, it's, like, they're everyone's babies. Are you all right over there? My fingers are very stiff. That's not good. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, pop them. Nice. And I'm trying to do it away from the speaker so it doesn't, like... Pick up? Yeah. I don't think it will, but Jesus Christ. Ew. You guys didn't have to hear that, but I did. And that it felt gross. great. No. Sorry. You I hate no that. Idea. I hate that. I was... Literally handwriting, like, 15 pages of notes today. That felt great. I don't have to handwrite anything at my job, and I fucking love it, but... Well, fuck you. I'm sorry. I have to handwrite literally everything. And then type all of it up anyway. (laughs) It's so stupid. I'm sorry. I know why you guys do that, but it's still stupid, and I hate it. It hurts. (laughs) I have carpal tunnel. You get little braces. 
but <laughs> what did that make you laugh? I'm sorry, you guys. This is a delirious ass episode. It's been a while since we were. I haven't slept in like at this oh, point. Man. I think it's like almost forty hours. Oh yeah, Jessica's been a, been working for two days straight, so that's cool. I was on call. Shitty. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. It needs like hire more people. But anyway, well, if all of the people at our office would stop quitting, that would be great. I don't think, think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. Uh, anyway, but back to the matter at hand. When, you know, like, cute little white girls go missing, it's, like, this big thing where they're sort of, like, almost, even when they're, like, 20-something-year-old women kind of regarded as, like, kids. Like, do you remember yeah. when Sherry Papini happened? Oh, Christ. Which is obviously so different from a case like Molly Tibbetts where something Not terrible much. really happened. But it's, like, white girls... <laughs> Not in general, because, like, oh, many of the people I love are white girls. But, like, there's this thing where, like, a, like a cute, thin, pr- conventionally pretty Wait, white woman. Sherry Papini is the one that, like... Fake, like, the gone girl lady. Oh, okay. Good. Because I instantly just said, oh, that bitch. No, and yeah. And I really no, she hoped was, she was who I was thinking about, so I wasn't she being, is. like, really rude. She's also, like, at least rumored to be a white supremacist or was as, like, a teenager. Oh, my God, so. it's that lady. The one who, like, said, was on, like, I was kidnapped by Mexicans. Yeah, I'm sure he loved that. <laughs> that was honestly just, like, iconic. Yeah. Totally Horrifying. Iconic. Just, but, like, shit like that can happen to the, and, like, obviously people questioned it and they eventually figured out. That oh, something like fishy was happening. But, she, like, if a black or brown girl tried to do that, or woman, like, if a woman of color pulled that shit, she would, like, go to prison forever, be reamed out, be, like, the punchline of the year. Like, it's just, oh, like, fully. Like, it's just such a drastic reaction. So when, like, things do happen to black and brown women, it's, like, even when they tick all the boxes, even when they're, you know, pretty and ambitious and, like good like and not you know not that it even matters but it's like if a girl who was if like a blonde haired blue eyed girl who was in ROTC and a dancer and an athlete and a you know a future nurse and loved her parents went missing it would be like the entire 24-hour news cycle for weeks oh you would never hear the end of it but women of color don't get that same sort of empathy it's just fucked up But anyway, so unfortunately, Jasmine's story, as we said earlier, ends on Brittany Gurley's front porch on December 14th, 2014. Uh, No one has seen her since 730 that evening. And the last person to speak to her was Brittany, who has since uh, gone on to have a family of her own and fade into obscurity, at least to some extent. Uh, And it's easy to assume the worst in a case like this, but Jasmine could still be out there somewhere and bringing attention to her disappearance disappearance is I think at least to me I think the least we can do in a culture that routinely fails women like Jasmine um so she is described as five foot five with black hair and brown eyes at the time of her disappearance she weighed about 130 pounds and was last seen wearing a white University of Texas hoodie blue jeans and brown boots uh if you have any information at all we strongly urge you to contact officer Mike Patelis? Uh, Pactelis? Pactelis? I don't know how to spell that. Uh, He's with, with the Detroit Police Department. With the Detroit Police Department at 313-596-5156. Uh, and if you have a moment, go to our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram account because we'll also be linking a petition to have the Michigan State Police look into Jasmine's case. Is I'm yes. about to ask a very 
Okay, so she was from Texas. Okay. She was from Texas, but it happened in Michigan. Yeah, that's what I was, like, double-checking. It's... (laughs) Are you okay? Are you trying to do some geography here? Yes, because I did just genuinely forget that Detroit was in Michigan. Yes. (laughs) It is. I don't know what state I, I think thought. it might Detroit. be the biggest city in Michigan. <laughs> I think it might be the only city holding Michigan together. No, there's like some little, there's like, I don't know, Ann Arbor, some. Ann Arbor's in Michigan? Yeah, dude. Where... <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I know you went to our like hellhole of a public school district for much of your education, but like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're. I haven't slept in Michigan. <laughs> Detroit's in Michigan. Did you even know Michigan was a state before today? I knew it was the one that shaped like a hand. A mi- oh, but it's yeah. this hand. I don't know. Which hand is it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I wish I could show everyone listening to this the like earnest look of confusion and concern you just gave me asking that. It was a lot. Because I don't know what in my head connected the fact that she was from Texas to the well, Detroit police department i think it was probably delay because like a minute before that i said she was wearing a university of texas hoodie oh oh my god <laughs> there we go okay. got, we got it figured Do you out know if it was just like so you say brown boots i'm now curious if they were like they i couldn't find boots? yeah i couldn't Work find boots? any details as to whether or Peeled not boots? they were like a wedge boot i was thinking uggs for some reason but it was 2014 oh. so they probably wouldn't be oh. uggs thank god but I wow. don't know. For but some... also, why are you going to be from Texas and owning Uggs? It is too hot. I have two pairs and I live in this swamp, so. Your feet must be. I don't damp. wear them very often. Yeah, my feet are just constantly damp, just all of the time. Just a hundred. That's what they call me, damp feet for Angie. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> damp feet for Angie? Yeah, just constantly damp feet. All the time. <laughs> Damper feet dream. What? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't, it didn't work. I'm delirious. Uh, contact the Detroit Police Department. Officer Mike uh, Patelis. Pactily. Something Pactily, like that. Uh, whatever his name is. Contact him at the Detroit Police Department. <laughs> uh, retweet the petition to have the Michigan State Police look Which into it. Which will be on our Twitter and five, such. 5'5", 130 pounds, brown hair, uh, black hair, brown eyes, Jasmine Moody. <laughs> oh, she's tiny. She's yeah, she is tiny. very tiny. I mean, she's an athlete and a dancer, so like, I don't know, lots of cardio. Ooh. But, <laughs> I know. I'm at, when was the last time I you were 130 got... pounds? <laughs> <laughs> I really... I don't know. Me uh, uh, when I was like... Eating 300 calories a day in college. Same. <laughs> um, I literally got winded walking up the stairs to your apartment. These stairs are very steep, to be fair. All right, we should do our our pluggables. Our butt pluggables. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said that in a hot minute. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at The Less Dead, on Twitter at Less Dead Pod, uh, on Facebook at the, the Less Dead, dead Podcast. The Less Dead Podcast or at the Less Dead Lounge, if that's even still alive. Who it's knows? still a thing. I don't think I've ever posted in it. But if I you definitely haven't. If y'all want to join our Facebook group and like reinvigorate it as we try to get on a more regular schedule, that would be lovely. Um <laughs> what else? Oh, you can send us case suggestions. Um constructive criticism emphasis on the constructive or if you're going to be mean at least be funny very true uh the less dead podcast at gmail.com you can find amber at uh the feminist wizard on uh instagram i 
And the uh, Bechdel test on the Twitter. The Bechdel test it's on funny. Twitter. Um, I'm at, like, I think Jesse Blair on everything. That's Blair with an I and an E because my parents wanted to be special. If you like craft beer, you can check out the beer.nerd. <laughs> You're, like, Instagram. going excessive pluggable. Look. Social media is where it's at, fam. Yeah. All I'm, right. I don't make the rules. Well, we... I sounded so 30 in that statement. You did. You sounded like a 33-year-old dad. Uh, and that is Am it I for... Am a 33-year-old dad? Maybe a little bit, but okay. we'll take this off air. That's yep. it for this week. Hopefully we will be back sooner rather than later. Who knows?